Hello, listeners, and welcome to Series 2, Episode 19 of Bitpicking, a software engineering podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Greg. I'm Laura. Hello, Greg. Hi, Laura. Hi, Mark. This week, we ask performance reviews. Are they actually useful? We wonder whether our robot overlords will end up doing the reviews for us in the future. And find out if Greg passes his bit-picking performance review. Let's roll the drums. So I'm right in the middle, currently, of um, a performance management uh, review of my team, and I thought that might be something worth talking about. Um, I'm at a new company, so it's a, since the last time I had to do this, so it's a slightly different process, and it's, uh, I guess, been quite interesting to um, look at the expectations from different teams. Um, and um, then going through with new people who I've not had to have these sort of conversations with before, I'm sort of reminded again how everybody treats it slightly differently and everyone has a different definition of, of performance management and how they expect to have the conversation or um, what the outcome's meant to be and that kind of stuff. So um, I thought we should maybe talk about that, if that's all right. Okay. The first thing that... Um, Let's, let's start at the end, which is mostly at the end of these things, there's some idea of setting targets for the future, right? So you do like this conversation, you talk about um, pros and cons and that kind of stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But the thing that always gets me is at the end, there is generally um, an expectation that you set some objectives and then somebody normally throws down the SMART, um, <laughs> yes. what's it called, initialism or... Acronym, I can't remember, but acronym, um, yeah, yeah. And which I, I probably couldn't even tell you what they all are. Um, but for our listeners, I suppose if they've not heard of it, this is a way to set an objective. So for it to be smart, it needs to be specific, specific measurable, measurable. Mark's got the look on his face, like I know the answer. To he, this knows, one. he knows, he knows. <laughs> I don't have a. Cl- I only know the first two, right? What is it? I don't know what it is. Uh, specific, awesome, <laughs> achievable, realistic, and Oh, time, time, time bound or something. Time bound, yeah. something like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I find is that trying to to fit something into that is an awful lot of work. I mean, maybe some people get it and they can just do it quite quickly. But I tend to think more in kind of areas of focus and sort of general outcomes. And when you think in that kind of more abstract way, <laughs> one of those letters falls apart and you think, oh, actually, I can't fit it into that. Like, it, yeah. it's not very measurable. I've always had that. Whenever I've had this, yeah. I've had to do it for me or anyone else. I find it really hard to do the measurable bit because I'm just, I'm like you. I think high level. I think I can't de-abstract. <laughs> Un-abstract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I can't think straight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the yeah. other the other problem I've had in the past is the fact that it's not so much setting the targets, it's the fact that, particularly in software, there's so many external factors well, right, yeah. going on that mm. in coming to review them, uh, you can always make an excuse as to why you might not have achieved these things as well. So yeah. there's a question of how do you, how do you make those things uh, specific enough that you can measure them? Uh, but not so specific that if they're not achieved, then it looks like someone's achieved nothing, which nothing. generally, yeah. is, generally is, not, is not the case. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. So I, I tend to like avoid them. Um, and actually in this current sort of review cycle, I've, I've said like, I don't think these are the right thing for us to do. And maybe we can talk in a minute about what I've replaced them with, but I then feel like I'm letting someone down. You know, like to, it's a bit like the Emperor's New Clothes. To say that smart objectives are, you know, unworkable is almost like saying it's like it's like an oxymoron, right? It's like, well, then you don't actually have objectives because if they if they don't conform to smart, then they're not really an objective, and you should just try harder or something. And I'm, I'm just letting the team, you know, get away with it or something. So, so I sort I of detest them. I suppose, yeah, I'm, I'm the same, and I I suppose it depends 
like whether they work depends on whether you care about them or not because I know every time I've done them in the past as an employee it's kind of you start off with the intention of doing them and then about three months in you're like well everyone's forgotten about that I'm just going to crack on with my day job now (laughs) yeah so how do you get people to care about them I think because I think it's like quite a um uh yeah topic of you know some people just don't like them some people love them how do you how do you get them to care about them if they don't well that's what i was going to ask you so this is that <laughs> <laughs> you assumed we had an answer you assumed wrong <laughs> I, mean, I like i like i like to think that if i set the higher level vision you know and maybe this is my problem and i'm assuming everybody thinks like me but then I feel like everyone can get behind that and that's sort of enough. And then the detail fills itself in as you go. But I, I, I suspect that doesn't work for everyone and they need that kind of detail. So, um, so then, I mean, this is sort of the conclusion I've come to is that because I've found over many years of doing this, that everyone is slightly different, trying to apply one, you know, company wide um, review policy to everyone just doesn't seem to work. So now I'm, I'm much more individual about it. And some people I know, they just will not respond to that type of, mm. um, you know, uh, process. So I don't do it with them. And other people I know can't respond to the other types. And then I, you know, I do a different thing for them. So, but of course, that just increases my workload quite a lot while I, you know, because I, I think everyone deserves to have this sort of feedback at, at regular intervals. So I don't want to avoid doing it. Um, but it just makes it a lot more complicated. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly a lot of stuff out there, I think, on the internet about measuring particularly software teams and what are good measures for software teams. Yeah. Um, and I, suppose... I, I heard that lines of code, is it? That, that's all you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way I measure myself, lines of code. Lines of code deleted. That's, that's, deleted, yeah, yeah. That's the measure. Yes. measure. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, something else I've been thinking about recently as well, because um, I think there's there's... Um, measuring specific objectives like personal objectives and personal targets. Um, but there's also how do you just test the how well a software team is is doing? You know, one thing I've been asked to do recently is to produce uh, as part of a, a weekly scoreboard you know, management meeting. We just need to give some idea of how you know your area is doing, right? Yeah. So whether it's sales or marketing or um, or engineering or product or whatever, you know, how, do, what, Mark, what do you feel would be the, the best measure that you can present that says, is it all going well or going not? And it actually, it's been a really kind of tricky problem to solve. Right. Um, I can imagine. Because, you know, you think about, well, maybe it's number of tickets, you know, Jira tickets completed, number of stories completed. Um, well, you know, that then depends on whether they're, are they the right size? Yeah, Does that yeah, accurately yeah. reflect all the work you're doing? Um, so then, yeah, maybe it's, is it number of commits? Almost certainly not. It's, it's not it's <laughs> just not doesn't feel very code. human, does it? Is it, is it that's delivery? The but then what is, what's delivery? Like, what is yeah. that? How do you, how do yeah. you measure that? Um, so I, then I, bet, I bet the conversation then moved on to, well, it's going to be like value and therefore it should be revenue or something like that. But then it's so far outside of that individual team that it also yeah, becomes exactly. Great. I can't do anything. Well, I can. I you know I can't directly impact the revenue day to day, right? With, with and certainly not on a week to week basis. I always come back to customer satisfaction is the one true measure. CSAT <laughs> of, of of a team. Like, is everyone happy with what we're doing? Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> do, you, do you mean like just people you're interacting with, or do you mean actual yeah. business customers? No, well, whoever is relevant, right? You know, whoever you're interacting with, are you delivering the things that they want? Yeah. Um, and if you are, then then you know, you're probably not doing too bad. This, this not, raises an interesting. Thought, actually. I was going to say it raises an interesting question, though, doesn't it? That is is employee performance different to um, uh, development, their personal development, because one is for them and one's for the company. Yes. And do you treat them separately? I th- I think so. And certainly in the in the past, when I've set like quarterly objectives for people, um, one of the ways I've done that is to split it up into 
uh, sort of team objectives and personal objectives because they're not mm. necessarily the same thing. So a team objective might be, you know, help everyone, you know, make sure this thing gets over the line, make sure it gets delivered. Um, but a personal objective might be learn more about TypeScript or um, presentation skills or something. Or presentation skills, skills yeah, or, whatever, or yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. 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 The trouble I found with that though is um, generally one of them suffers and mostly mm. it's always the personal ones because they, they end up, I call it sort of, I don't know if it's the right term, but they end up being out of band, meaning you've got this day-to-day churn of yes. the stuff you're doing yeah. and then there's suddenly all this other stuff which is outside of that. It's nice yeah. to have. And, yeah, and, they, and that means it tends they, to suffer. That means they, ne- well, they inevitably fall into one of two buckets. Either they don't get done at all or they yeah. get done far more than you would like because <laughs> because they're getting done when, when actually yeah. rather someone was doing something. Yeah, some are more fun than others, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had experience of people then kind of grabbing on and saying, well, I just need to get this thing, especially when it comes to writing code. Um, I found one of, the, one of the toughest things to deal with is uh, people having objectives, which is writing code, which isn't... Uh, you know, your day-to-day work. So someone goes, I've got this idea for a little thing on the side. I'm going to do that as part of my personal objective. And then it becomes a bit of a mission. Um, and and they sort of won't let go of it, even though it then ends up taking, as software does, uh, 10 times longer than they imagined. <laughs> oh, yeah, let me take, yeah, I'll get it done this quarter. Yeah, yeah. And then you find yourself a year later and there's you know, people <laughs> still saying, well, I, I just want to make it part of my objective this quarter as well because I'm nearly there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and it just goes on and on and on. So I don't, I don't like uh, particularly setting those kind of um, objectives if it involves writing code personally. Yeah, and, and then you get the other, other issues, isn't it? Where well, I couldn't, I couldn't do it because so it was, it was unreasonable to expect me to do it, and then, and then that leads into a conversation about time, and then the, the classic Google thing um, of you know, well, maybe we need to implement some kind of personal projects time for this sort of stuff, the 10% time. Um, and then you do that. And we've, and when Mark and I worked together, we did that for a bit. But then some people really excelled in that and they loved it. And then other people just couldn't, they couldn't cope with that free form. They find it hard. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, well, oh, I've got, to, I've got to do it. We, we toyed with making everyone do it on a Friday afternoon versus just do it when you want. There was one system, wasn't there, Mark, where there were tokens and everybody got a token at the start of the iteration. And then any day they could say, I'm going to spend my token today. Wow. Like your Asda token. Yeah. (laughs) But then that that evolved into a market for tokens as well. So you could then swap (laughs) with other people. Wow. Donate your tokens to other people. Yeah. And then we started trading it. Bitcoin got involved. Before you knew it, we were all driving Ferraris. Yeah, it worked out in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was that was the innovation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. personal time futures. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it does. It gets ask you a super question. complicated. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, Sorry, Greg. Um, are you motivated by objectives? When you when someone sets objectives for you, oh, here's, first question: Do you have objectives at the moment? Do you have objectives that has been set by your manager or someone else? Is that to me? Both of you. Um, okay, I'll go first. I, not in the way that we're describing, um, because frankly, I've sort of rejected them for myself. Um, and that's part of, the, part of the, the conversation is, and so I'm asking my team whether they want them or not. And if, and if an individual says they don't, we do something else. So for me, no. But what I do have, and I've been very... Um, rigid about is having um, outcomes or some kind of vision so that I know you know that there is a direction that we're going in um, it might be quite broad in some cases and it might be quite narrow in others but there's definitely there's definitely a vision and an outcome that I need to work to but in terms of smart style steps along the way no I'm, I've, I've not got that I like that because that's more about the role isn't it than personal and sometimes that's like I find that hard to I want to keep personal separate from work sometimes so it's quite nice that it's the role that is achieving those things or yeah. that vision and having a vision so it's shaping that role isn't it rather than yourself because um 
yeah, I, I think I'm the same. I don't, I don't have any objectives other than just get the projects done <laughs> on the right time, <laughs> which is, which is okay. That's fine. I can do that. But yeah, there's no other fluff in there. And we did have a discussion where we were like, do you want to do appraisals and things? And we were like, no, we kind of don't have time. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about I, you, Mark? I, I mean, I, yeah, well, I'm in a similar boat where actually my objective uh, is deliver the stuff yeah get it get it, get it done <laughs> we're grown um, up enough <laughs> yeah. uh, so i don't i don't have any objectives set for me other than that um but then i suppose the that leads me into the question of well then and maybe greg you already answered this but is it fair to give other people objectives um you know, we don't have them I, I dare say that's a reflection of um you know our, our level in terms of being people that are more managing other teams and um, quite senior, but is it fair that we then try and impose those kind of structures on on other people? And it, it ultimately, is it motivating? Because I, I I'm I, I struggle to uh, think of anyone of, of an example of someone being particularly motivated by their objectives. Mm. And this raises the question, is it you get to a certain level and then actually it becomes more about vision? Is it more for like, not junior, but maybe people who are starting out in their careers to have these objectives to progress them? And mm. then you get to a point where people are actually more self-sufficient and motivated. Is that yeah. something? Maybe I, should, maybe I should be promoting all the guys that um, have rejected the objectives. Yeah, you've attained like, Nirvana. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't work like this, Greg. You're, You're enlightened. <laughs> Join me in Nirvana. <laughs> I'd love to see some examples of companies who have successfully used objectives to to achieve an outcome. Like well, that, that, is a lovely that wouldn't segue, have been Mark. achieved otherwise. Put it that way. Yeah. I mean, that's a, 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 what I'm looking at now is these OKRs which from any article I read says this is the, the right way to do this, this topic. Um, I don't know enough about them. So one of my questions was, you know, do, do either of you know much about OKRs? But to answer your question, Mark, they seem to be um, the, the poster child for how to do this properly. Um, and it comes out of Google. I don't even think it was Google. I think Google just popularized it and someone else before that started it. But um, I'm definitely interested in that. Do either of you know much about OKRs and what they mean? I don't know a lot, but I know someone who does. And I know that currently there's a course running. Um, is it Adrian? Um, Adrian's doing one. I can't remember his second name. Now. Adrian Howard. That's it. Escaped me. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a really good online course. Sorry, Adrian. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's doing some webinars or something on them. And I feel like I should know more about them, but... Maybe Mark knows more. Okay. Yeah, no, well, well Laura, one of your objectives, Laura, is to learn about OKRs. <laughs> um, I, How will I'm, I make that measurable? <laughs> I'm similar um, in in that I, I, you know, I, I know of them. I know that they are the fashionable thing. Um, I couldn't tell you how they differ from traditional ob objectives. Well, the the one bit I did read that I thought was quite interesting was that as part of the framework, you don't expect a hundred percent of the thing to be done and sort of the the success is somewhere at 70 percent. but the idea is that if you get more than that then that's you know that's obviously right. a really good thing yeah. um but i think that feels like then it gives you this flexibility to have a bit of ambiguity because you can sort of say well we want to get in this direction and if you get about here then that's really cool but if we got to the end that'd be you know amazing that kind of thing um so i think that's that's something i might look at to see if that's a better way um to to sort of manage this type of thing yeah and i, I think uh, if i remember rightly you know one of the things within that fits in with that is that you set objectives such that w one is sort of expected you know or, or some amount of them are, are expected and you know almost certainly should be here you know uh, another fraction of them are um uh you know, uh, targets, I guess, and desirable, you know, and then yeah. you might set something that actually you, you're, you're unlikely to hit unless you're really going, you know, hell for leather. Um, and therefore you're probably expected to not meet it, but it sets you a goal 
you know something to work towards or a vision for where you should be going and what you should be yeah. what you should be doing yeah okay well that's yeah i think we've all got homework to go and find out what okrs <laughs> <laughs> really are so adrian will have a lot of um incoming calls <laughs> again I still, I still come back to the question of does it does it materially change anything are are people who who were not otherwise motivated motivated by having whether traditional objectives or okrs does it yeah. make them act in any different way does yeah. that change if the rewards are different um you know obviously sometimes these are tied to financial rewards sometimes they might just be um career goals yeah have have you ever felt motivated by the the possibility of bonuses financial bonuses achieving this stuff um not not in the way that we're describing it so not as as attached to my day job which is one of the questions that i, I was going to have actually in that should you reward just doing your job well or should objectives always be these kind of extra things but certainly for me no i've not i've always sort of felt and maybe to the point it's because i'm now in a in a slightly senior role but i've always felt like um, my job is to get shit done and therefore to reward reward me specifically for that is almost like i mean that's what my salary is if that makes sense yeah i'm the same yeah. I, I it's never really motivated me and it raises that interesting question of um can people you know is it okay for people just just to come in and do their job because for some people who really want to you know push the boundaries of what they do and and really achieve way more and that's fine and there's people who just want to come in it's just a job they're good at their job and then they want to leave and that's okay as well or in my eyes it is but what what do okrs and you know objectives and everything all the appraisal stuff what does that say to people because i think it puts yeah. pressure on people who don't want to be a superstar rock star ninja whatever yeah, <laughs> and yeah. No, actually that's okay I, I think yeah because that path takes you down to stack ranking doesn't it which I've, I've, ne I've fortunately never worked in that world, but this idea that using these types of things, you can put everyone in a, in a rank. And then the people you're describing, Laura, who sort of, you know, yeah. they come in, do a good job and then go, they might not get to the top of that list. And then someone else comes along and says, right, we need to get rid of the bottom 10%. And you think, well, these are good people, but you know, because they're not at the top, you know, they're, they're at risk. And I've always felt a bit uncomfortable with that, but, mostly because I think it's quite hard to argue against. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's more risky, surely, to get rid of the top people who will probably be career-driven, moving around, thinking of, you know, staying a short time, whereas the people who are at the, you know, the steady achievers um, are probably more likely to just stay put. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's the definitely top, the top an argument. The could be not... a flight risk, yeah. Yeah, flight yeah. risk. I've, I've yeah. never really... The whole stat ranking thing, I think, is... A bit rubbish. I mean, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon are the ones that kind of spring to mind when people talk about that kind of thing. So I think they were no, really. they were known for being particularly aggressive in uh, trying to ship their bottom sort of ten percent out. Yeah. Um, but you, but you know what I mean. It's quite hard to argue against because if you try mm -hmm. to argue that you're that say you know you had ten people and you had to get rid of the bottom two, it'd be quite hard to argue like, well, no, I want to keep them on. Yeah, depends how you measure, isn't it? Depends what <laughs> <Yeah>. you value. <laughs> yeah, but because yeah. that's the point, you'd have to argue yeah. the entire system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, well, let's step back a bit. Let's do the five whys and then work out why this is <laughs> such a big problem. And then you've changed the whole of Amazon. But yeah. surely, surely isn't the argument? Well, if I get rid of two and I have to backfill them, then I'm backfilling them with an unknown, unknown quantity. So now yeah. I've wasted a lot yeah. of time and money on interviewing people. You actually might turn out to be just as bad as the people that yeah. I've got rid of. So I like mm. I, I I think surely you, you have to take it um, you have to take it on merit. And if you've got a team that's performing well and you have no particular reason to get rid of them, I don't I don't know why on earth. Well, you because they because they can perform better. Because they should all perform like the top two. <laughs> Yeah, but, you, no, but I've never, I've never worked in that type of environment. So I don't. No, and because it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't exist, right? Yeah. Oh, really? Is it only in the dreams of uh, functional managers? Yeah. Well, this is it. I don't think you're, you're never going to have a team where everyone is an absolute superstar. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, to the point Laura made, 
I, I don't necessarily expect it. I'm, I, I think people should be allowed to uh, do a job and do it to the, you know, I was going to say to the best of their abilities. They should be able to do it well. As long as they're not doing it badly, I don't need them to be working all hours or, you know, trying to become the CEO. I just want yeah, yeah. to do their job and go home. You know, I, I come from sort of the school of, well, we're, we're all, we're all humans. We're all just, we're all just trying to get along, aren't we? <laughs> to, Life's too short. Trying to make our way in the world. <laughs> but it's true. It, it's true. Like the, 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 the company is not the be all end all, you know, and you know, as it happens, I actually put an awful lot of hours um, uh, into my job, actually just because I enjoy it. And what I really enjoy is actually the fact that I'm just left to get on with it. Um, And as soon as someone were hovering over me, telling me what my objective should be for the quarter and I wasn't meeting them, I'd probably be a lot less motivated than I am when I'm just left to solve problems by myself. Yeah, maybe performance reviews and all that sort of thing are actually detrimental when you know someone's watching, you know, mm. metaphorically watching all the time yeah. but, and measuring. Sure, and actually sure people underperform. I think that's probably a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Surely. And that, that's interesting. Like, what, what's the alternative? What, what are better? They're like career paths or... Yeah. I, I think some of it comes down to the mentoring that we talked about last time. Um, you know, because you, you can, you can, when you talk about a performance review, you can come at it from two sides. One is, I want to help you assess where you are and what you need to do and how you can improve. Um, and the other one is, I'm coming to check that you're doing your job. Mm. Uh, you know, and that's a, that's a demotivating thing. If you feel like someone is, you know, I need to make sure you're doing the things that I think you're doing and I'm going to tell you to do them differently Mm. versus someone trying to you know help me and provide advice and guidance yeah and i've always taken the approach that those conversations should should have zero surprises in them because if they do then you're not you're not having the right conversations or or whatever before that so you're not um, communicating yeah yeah but then that just makes me think well then what's the point of that of putting a title on it and making it special because if there's no surprises and we're talking regularly and you know everything's sort of out in the open then we don't really need these annual check-ins and so some of it i think is all just habit like it's just been set up yeah. somewhere and now we all think we have to do it yeah um, and isn't that like what one-to-ones are for for just yeah keeping well, quite. Up? yeah yeah more timely more agile <laughs> yeah which is what i've said actually i've said like you know um, let's have this conversation now but moving forward we'll just keep track of it in our one-to-ones and then you know how formal do you want it to be is that what you like and and just sort of seeing where it where it sort of leads um, yeah and, and you know doing it that way but like i think you said there laura there's or you said a bit earlier i feel like it puts quite a lot of stress on some people and that probably does come out then in underperforming because they're so nervous about you know who's looking or or competing with someone else and feeling guilty because they're not doing what everyone else is doing and the people who are you know supposedly in the top um what's it called percentiles they're probably getting frustrated because they feel like they're doing more than everyone else and all that kind mm. of stuff and so the That's whole weird. thing just you know it's all just set up to make people pissed off <laughs> 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 why can't we all just get along i think <laughs> I think the performance review thing, though, like that that framework, uh, I think ends up, uh, you know, or sort of arrives when people aren't doing performance management on a day to day on day to day basis. So, like, it's it's almost the bit that forces you to have that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. If if people aren't checking in with their teams, if they're not sort of giving guidance and not giving feedback to people then performance reviews are HR's way of making sure that someone has that conversation at least once a year. Um, yeah. And like you say, like, you know, in, in, in the worst cases, you know, uh, performance issues go unremarked upon for months until you get the performance review. And then you say, ah, actually you've done a terrible job this year. <laughs> they were doing a great job. Quite Have you ever scary. had one like that? Have you ever had any nasty surprises? I'm just trying to think back if I had. Uh, I, uh, I don't, I don't recall any. 
Do you mean giving or, or receiving? Oh, receiving. I was thinking receiving. of anything I've received where I just thought, that's not right. And then you think, well, it's kind of in like an isolated bubble, isn't it? No one can argue it because it's one yeah. person's word against another. And you think yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where it falls down as well for the, is that yeah. if, you know, a manager can't be there all the time to watch you. And if they've missed you doing some outstanding, shining moment, and then they think, well, oh, no, you've not done that, then, yeah. yeah. That, how does that work? Yeah, I, I've certainly, um, I have given feedback to people and then uh, you, you have the problem of like every, every incident by itself can be yeah, like justified or, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, that was because of this and that's because of that. And you sort of, well, but overall <laughs> you can see that there's a pattern of not achieving these things or whatever, mm. and, you know, but when you look at the individual specific incidents, you can't, you can't quite make it stack up. Yeah, I did. Actually, now you've reminded me, I had exactly that situation and somebody was on a probation and it got towards the end and I, you know, we'd had very regular check-ins and we were doing stand-ups and things like that. So it wasn't like I was, you know, not around. And then when I gave the feedback at the end of the probation, it did, it was taken with surprise. And, I, and then I was surprised because I was thinking, wow, well, have I got this completely wrong? Like, has my assessment of everything been you know, been wrong essentially. And when my expectations too high and then you go through this like sort of self doubt, but you've said it now, so you've got to follow it through. Mm. <laughs> um, and it was a really awkward situation because they were really, um, I mean, it wasn't necessarily that bad feedback, but they were sort of mortified by it and just couldn't, and they just didn't know where it was coming from. And I was like, wow, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> are you not aware of what's happened? You know, this situation, that situation. So yeah, no, it's a good question, Laura, because I've never really thought about that, but I have yeah. been in that situation. Yeah, I think I have too. Where I had quite a strange manager, this was years ago, and um, they were quite aggressive. And I think my performance review, they said like, you're very quiet and you don't, you know, your, your confidence is, uh, you know, quite low. And I was like, well, it's not really generally. I think it's probably just around you. <laughs> <Compared to> you <laughs> and then you're like, how do you, how do you then turn that around yeah, and give yeah. them the performance review? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually, yeah. you're just terrifying. <laughs> that, that's a good point, actually, because I, yeah. I think, um, I think it is important that performance reviews are a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think, I think, you, um, you know, people should be given the chance to uh, give feedback to uh, to their managers as well, um, and say, well, you know, actually, I don't think you're managing me in the right way, or you know, I have this problem with it, and that doesn't always happen. It's a it's a top down kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I've got a really a, a really useful tip that someone gave me years ago, and I can't. I may have mentioned this before, um, but a good tip is uh, when you're writing performance reviews, write them to the person that you're giving like. I, I don't know about you, but I've had lots of performance reviews and I've written lots of performance reviews written in the the third person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Greg studies very well and you know, and it and it reads like a school report. <laughs> and I yes. always think I always, I always find that like so vaguely, patronizing. You're patronizing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um and I think it's a very good tip to to just write it direct to the person and say, You do this well, you do that well, you know, you don't you don't do that well. Um yeah. Funny enough, the, the, what surprised me in this round is people, the people on my team have written it and they haven't used my name in their feedback. <laughs> so they've put things like my line manager or the department yeah. head or, and they've really tried to like depersonalize the whole thing. And then in the conversation, I'm like, who are you talking about there? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's me. Can we just clarify yeah. that? Bit, you know? Unless there's another person. Yeah. yeah. But but Mark's right. It's sort of odd that it becomes yeah. this this really like strange it's like that whole corporate personality thing like it yeah. takes on the personality of the business rather than the individuals and, yeah and yeah. that's where that's where i think it loses its way you know we talk saying about performance reviews as this sort of annual cycle just is a bit of a an hr corporate mm. thing that just makes sure Check. you're doing something yeah. but checking a box yeah. it's, it's easy to lose the personal thing out of it and i think it needs to be all about um uh the very personal here's how i think you're doing tell me how you think i'm doing hmm. um you know we're both, 
Let's <laughs> You know, Do you want me to leave this conversation? <laughs> I feel a bit uncomfortable. Like I should leave you to it. <laughs> um, I'm not jealous or anything. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, but I'm sure if someone from HR was on this call, other than calling Mark and I up for inappropriate work behaviour, um, they'd also say that it's, it's you know, um, there are laws in the uk and i don't know if they're laws or regulations or whatever but the whole acas thing like if you wanted to get rid of someone from a business because they you didn't feel like they were performing you know you they would argue that you do need to go through a process and then the start of that process would be the informal chats but at some point it needs to go formal otherwise you'll be hauled up in a you know an arbitration session and um you know up against the judge trying to decide whether you acted fairly or not so I suppose it becomes depersonal because, you know, the personal side would be to be subjective, which I suppose is another angle, isn't it? You know, I'm sure we've all got our mates at work who we'd like to work with and we've got some people who we don't like to work with as much. And how do you not let that influence your, you know, these conversations? So I imagine HR would say, well, if you want to do this properly, you need to do it like this, blah, 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 blah. It's interesting, isn't it? You've got humans running a process process where humans are flawed and that <laughs> yeah. process is put in place by humans who are also flawed. <laughs> and it's just all flawed. <laughs> so you're saying we should just let robots run the, run the whole thing, is it? I think that might be the idea, yeah. <laughs> Great idea. I look forward to that day. This, <laughs> this is like being scared of automation. I don't get it. I'm quite happy for someone to do my job while I sit you know, at home watching Living Netflix or whatever. Yeah. But what if you're being, idea of high life. What if you're being performance managed by a by a robot? Oh shit, yeah, that's a good point. How would that work? Yeah. I'm well, surprised someone hasn't done cycles are too slow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised some startup hasn't done that and they're able to analyze like you know, some some kind of input that we provide. Like they can go through your emails and work out whether you're improving or not from last year or something. I feel like that could be a thing. Oh, so 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 side note on that because this just popped in my head. Now you mentioned that, um, I, but in the news today has been the the story that uh, companies spying on their staff using uh, you know software to monitor what they're doing, keystrokes, what they're browsing uh, yeah. has shot up during lockdown, which yeah. I which I kind of feel if I can just say as well. They they mentioned one very specific software that does this because they were saying, well, they, you know, this company's users has, has quadrupled or something, which kind of feels like it's just a a sly advert for these people. I think they, <laughs> I think they just put out the press release saying, yeah, our users have gone through the roof, whether they have or not, and now now they've got their name all over the BBC, and now presumably lots of other companies have gone, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But by the by, but um, is that is that fair? Do you think? I mean, no. I mean, it depends what they're measuring. Is it measuring it to to see if they're working, or is it measuring to see if their well-being has been affected? Because I know there's two different things. I think I think Mark's talking about the working, and it will check Uh, that yes, um, that your mouse is moving and yes, um, things like that. That's naughty. Yeah, I was on something the other day. Oh, I got a driving a speeding ticket. Um, Well, actually, I didn't get the ticket. I had to go on the driver awareness course. And in the software you had to use for the driver awareness course, it detected whether the window was focused. And if you weren't focused, it would tell the people running the course that you weren't, that the window wasn't focused. And if you did it more than two or three times, they can't kicked you off the course. And then you got the points and the fine instead. Well, if you switched, <laughs> if you switched to a different application, and yeah. is that what you mean? Yeah. I, yeah, I got exactly. confused that I thought you meant like your car window. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, yeah, surely you should get a fine for that. <laughs> Why don't they do that? Why is there not a camera in every car checking that your eyes are on the road? Yeah. There you go. We've, we've solved <laughs> yeah. it. There you go. Or you've not like got little curtains across the front. <laughs> it's not focused. <laughs> it's all fuzzy. Um, um, yeah, that's my bit, brain works. That's, surely that's a bit like if you're, if you're um, you know, if you've got your WhatsApp or Slack or whatever as well, and that suddenly pops up. That's, that's going to be yeah. problematic, isn't it? Mm. Um, but that, no, I do think that software is pretty invasive and, and it's so disrespectful. And, and I think it breeds it. I think you, you start treating people like that and, it, you know, like some kind of 
prisoner's experiment they become the thing that you're trying not for them to be so you, you it's like they game the system so if you put this software in that detects that the mouse has moved in um, non-systematic ways every 30 seconds then and i've seen it as well people um, putting their mouse on top of a like a robot vacuum and just having it go around small areas so the mouse is constantly moving or or um, things like that so i just think people would game it and it's yeah just pointless there was something in the news wasn't there about that where it was like a well-being one where it was measuring you know when people were taking off things like sick days wasn't it or something and it worked out that if you were female and you were taking off certain days of the month and then uh i can't remember what it was now yeah there were, or like it was predicting like doctor's appointments and things and it had worked out some one of the managers had worked out their employees were pregnant or something oh wow and it it was like this whole yeah it had been obviously these things are quite dangerous they're not designed with diversity in mind so they're usually yeah, yeah. designed by a certain type of person and yeah they can be pretty dangerous did you see the thing in the the news as well about how you know the algorithms that are making zoom not pick up people who are black or you know not white basically that was quite interesting as well no, i didn't say that you mentioned that in our sort of pre-setup so what was what was that story this is a massive segue by the way that's <laughs> right. massive tangent <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do best, yeah. <laughs> I'm performing in that. <laughs> so, but what was the deal? So how? what's the theory behind was, how that It was worked? so ironic. So someone posted how um, they put a picture up of a Zoom chat. So there was two pictures. There was their black colleague and the person posting was white. So it was side by side, the pictures of them. Yeah. And what happened is Zoom had done something with the black person's picture. They couldn't, it couldn't pick up their face. It picked up the white globe behind them. Oh, because of the virtual background thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and okay. then on top of that, Twitter has an algorithm to focus on a face in a picture. If the picture's bigger than the, the size of the image, right, it'll okay. let, let you post on Twitter. And it picked up the, the it automatically picked up the white face. Oh, wow. of the, the poster and they tried it the other way around as well and it actually focused on the other side so when when they put the faces uh, the other way around so it wasn't like it was just a coordinates thing that it a, does a, 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 a funny offshoot of that was i saw people posting <laughs> um images that had uh jason on one end and yaml on the other end uh yeah. see, see whether twitter <laughs> simpsons and jason or yaml and <laughs> other, uh, nerdy jokes Yes, yeah. So it's 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 interesting that definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I, I, mean, I saw a bit of the conversation about that, you know, around particularly around the Twitter one, um, and the discussion around uh, actually color contrast um, and their algorithm, you know, using color contrast, you know, something that's got more contrast, um, uh, you know, is more likely to be to be mm. interesting. So you know, it, was, it wasn't clear what their algorithm was was doing or whether you know was it facial recognition was it something else that was causing the yeah um you know, the bias but you know clearly there's there's something there but yeah yeah someone else's yeah. someone else's job to uh try and figure that one out <laughs> but it's worrying isn't it because it because it sort of says that all pass whether you know you try and do it objectively and it just doesn't work for everyone so you try and do it subjectively and then it becomes um, unfair from a human perspective so you try and do it programmatically and then uh, you, you just program in your own biases or, yes. or it learns biases from the, you know so basically we can't win uh, <laughs> <screwed. it's> <laughs> that's what you should say at the performance reviews it doesn't matter if you try we're all screwed <laughs> yeah. so don't bother trying <laughs> yeah i do I have think... a presentation which has that actually as the first quote because homer simpson says that um, <laughs> he does he says, yeah, never try. Like if it first you succeed or something, um, never try. Anyway. <laughs> I, can, I can see how these things are very difficult, though, um, because actually, like, you know, let's take facial recognition. You know. if, if Twitter were to use facial recognition, um, you know, a machine learning algorithm to do that, it would have been trained on a set of images. Um, you know, it's generally a sort of well-known problem that actually most data sets of faces um, are probably biased in favor of white faces rather than black faces. Yeah, that, that in itself is a result of bias 
further down sure. the line, I suspect, <laughs> you know, and, and historical bias as to why there's, why there's more pictures of white people. And so like, there's a, um, you, know, you, you, you can't deny that there is bias in it. I don't know what, uh, as an engineer at Twitter, uh, uh, how well you can overcome, you know, what is really a, a bias that has been present for uh, yeah. hundreds of years, essentially, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely not in any way informed in any of this area, but it made me think of um, positive discrimination that when I was at school was a thing and they would, um, you know, favour particular classes or whatever. And I wonder if that's now where we're going to go with AI, where it, it's no longer just learn in this model, that there is some um, forced bias in it to try and correct the bias that's been present previously, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, um, I, wonder I think if that's it's down to the, the teams, isn't it? Yeah, the teams you have and being aware of that. Because, I mean, if you think bigger, you know, what happens if the self-driving cars can't work out different colour people and who gets driven into it's yeah, yeah it's a big thing that will be I mean it's not so bad on zoom but like what about when people's lives are at stake yeah, it's different yeah. then isn't it yeah how did we even get here I can't actually work out the link from how we got from performance <laughs> reviews to people being hit by cars we ended up talking about, I don't know I don't know I don't know you just decided to mention algorithms out of nowhere you just <laughs> I just went on a rant there. <laughs> um, I'm trying to bring it back. Let's try and do that. So I was thinking about sentiment analysis, actually, um, and whether that, that's not used enough in the workplace. Um, because I've certainly got examples um, recently of people who have been going through something very personal and you know very distressing to them and, and pretty sad overall, but they're not talking about it. So their behaviours change. And I was thinking whether sentiment analysis on their emails or their responses to people or just generally would have helped me discover that sooner so I could have stepped in sooner and, you know, done more, that kind of thing. So um, maybe there is a place for this kind of technology yeah. in the workplace. There um, is something, isn't there? I think at the moment there, there is something and it's, it's difficult, isn't it, whether it should be used or not. Is it like a... Is it yeah. privacy invasive? Privacy thing, yeah. I, think I won't mention it because I don't want to shout out to, yeah. But it, there are things like that. I know I work with someone who has de developed thing, something like this. Yeah, it is a thing. So they'll measure like your email sentiment, yeah. chat, uh, times that you're checking emails. Um, so if it's like late at night, you know, they think, you know, your work-life balance has gone wrong. It's a bit skewed, yeah. Yeah, how long you spend on your laptop or machine or whatever so yeah it's i think thing. it's fair to say that we know very well by now that that any technology you can think of uh that may do some good uh will have yeah. unintended and negative yeah. consequences consequences yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, we're, so we're back to never try aren't we yeah it's just, fact, never, it's just never try. in fact it's never try it's actively try not to do it yeah <laughs> yeah Let's just be let's just let's just be humans. Let's just be nice. Let's just go well, I think back that, to I think that's it, yeah, isn't it? Being yeah, primitive. Um, and trying to just have sensible conversations and um, you know, talk about overall goals and you know, what do you think we should be doing to get there? Okay, let's give that a try. You know, all of that stuff. And anyone who disagrees, they can be fired. They're in the bottom ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think, I think, I think, I think every week we should all sit down and watch an episode of the Repair Shop. Uh, that's, oh, it's good that. That's a, that's like a that. soothing way. Or like gone fishing. Show. I love, I love gone fishing. Oh my gosh, yeah, well, such a good I episode this week. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Hang on, I was talking about the Repair Shop. Sorry, go on. I just <laughs> hijacked. Don't steal. Hijacked that. No, I'm done now. I'm done. No, Repair Shop, gone fishing. All good. It's it's the new. It's the new. Whatever the old thing was. But calm, new mindfulness. Calming it's, like, it's like passive mindfulness. It's low TV. <laughs> Mind you, I do Mindless watch mindfulness. Shop. I do watch I do watch repair shop on, on, on iPlayer and then like switch over to channel five for police interceptors. Redress <laughs> <laughs> the balance. Yeah, exactly. I have a really awful ITV copy of Repair Shop called 
like repair repair garage or something but it was just a really terrible copy oh really <laughs> yeah. i think that's, that's, that's isn't that true of anything on itv pretty much <laughs> yeah, not, to, yeah. not to be a televisual snob you understand <laughs> <laughs> but i have yeah. i have taken the you know i was gonna say i've taken the number three button out of my remote <laughs> control <laughs> but the idea that anybody actually presses number three to get to itv these days is a anachronism that surely our <laughs> listeners are too young to understand So how did I do, guys, in the episode? You know, do a performance review of my uh, <laughs> my question. Oof, need to be uh, measurable. Yeah. Did we get a specific outcome? Greg skirted around the answers. He didn't show <laughs> any innovation. Uh, <laughs> Greg shows a blatant disregard for people's time. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, did you get access to my company folder? <laughs> <laughs> Faced it too as an advance. Right. So, so, so of the three of us, I'm going to say you're in the bottom 10%, Greg. Oh, bottom 33%. So we're getting yeah. rid of Greg. So, Just um, me and you, Mark, now. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're fired. Sorry, Greg. Uh, okay. Um, it's good. I think performance review is, is always a tricky area. I think there are... Um, yeah, as with everything, there are good and bad things about it. I think it's important that people do it. And I think it it's important that uh, uh, as an employee, you uh, you make sure you're getting feedback if you're not getting feedback. And I think, like we said, I think it's important that you get that on an ongoing basis. And if, if you as a manager or you as an employee are leaving it to the end of the year to fill out a form to be told that you're not doing things very well then you're going wrong somewhere yeah agree so yeah. just hope i hope my team are okay with it being more relaxed than what they're used to you know <laughs> basically do what you want <laughs> that's, that's that's the outcome of my performance reviews well i think we should, All right, we should carry on we should come back in a year and review that we should see how is how is your team yeah that's true yeah has it improved things yeah that's a good point thank you very much and thank you listeners you can get in touch with us if you have any thoughts about the topics raised today one day we will get that in sync i think i actually said at bit pick picking yeah i think i said completely wrong well hopefully our listeners will know exactly where that Twitter handle is and get in touch with us Uh, so until then bye Greg bye listeners that song temptation didn't they temptation yeah good well done you good good pop trivia that's good yeah good oh temptation. yes they did 1983 i was zero <laughs> congrats <laughs>